Welcome to Another Day Above Ground, a show for, by, and about baby boomers. It's the podcast for people who have no idea how to download a podcast. And now, here's your host, Dale Irvin. Well, my baby boomer friends, welcome to a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day because it is another day above ground. And we're celebrating the fact we're still here. You realize that there are about 73 million of us baby boomers in the country. Now, unfortunately, I checked that number yesterday, and it's going down every day because they're not making more of us. We're just dying off. But while we have this many, it's time to celebrate. So we're going to have a great time today with my two partners. Please welcome, first of all, from the great state of Colorado, where it was minus 18 degrees. Please welcome Carolyn Strauss. Yeah, and I just heard that the airlines are thinking about making vaccines mandatory. Domestic airlines are talking about not letting you fly unless you've gotten the vaccine. So I'm thinking, what, they charge you $15 to check your bag and $5 to check your COVID if you haven't had a vaccine? Well, maybe they, uh, yeah, maybe they'll give you the shot right there, you know, and that that would be good. The guy who's normally uh, TSA looking through your bag, "Eh, come here. (laughs) It's probably ain't going to (laughs) hurt. Also joining us from Indiana, where we're under a huge snowstorm right now between Indiana and Chicago, Mr. Tim Slagle, the Aristotle of comedy. Bill Gates just announced his plan to fix the climate. This is is the guy who uh, still can't fix Windows 10. (laughs) <laughs> What's his but plan? I guess the climate's Did you hear the easier. plan? Did you hear the plan? I, I did. did not. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's to reduce all greenhouse gases in the United States. But, you know, China's still spewing out large hunks of coal in their area, you know, and, and it's not going to not gonna help. But, yeah, he wants uh, electric everything and solar everything. And, uh, of course, uh, it's a cloudy day like it is here in Chicago, and I'd be, uh, I wouldn't be talking to you because I'd have no power. <laughs> Actually, I just heard that the, the upstate from me in northern Colorado – um, they, it's been so cold and cloudy that they actually asked people to cut back on their electricity use because they're having a hard time. Like the 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 solar thingies and the wind thingies have frozen. Yep. Yes. Yeah, yes. the solar so panels are covered with snow. The, wi- the windmills are frozen. And yes. uh, reminds me of the old joke, what did the socialists use before candles? Electricity. all right so so you know my this is going to be a very controversial um point of view but my thought always have you guys ever been in a prison like or in a jail which is the one that keeps people for a long time a prison Prison. or a jail okay prison have you guys ever been in a prison i've been in alcatraz Okay, so a I mean, friend as of a mine, visitor, you know? right? As a visitor, good, good, because I'm like, I don't know that you can swim that well. Um, <laughs> no, so a friend of you know, my friend who's the judge. We've talked to Sandy, my friend, the judge, and she was the duty judge one weekend, and I was at the prison with her because she had to sign the orders. This is before they could do it electronically. This is back, you know, ten years ago, and I'm at this prison, and I went into the command center, which is like being in the command center of a spaceship, because you can see from this core, it's like a core command center and you can see all of the prison cells and all of the people and where they all are from this central area where the guards sit and I'm in there and all of these people are sitting around doing nothing 
And I'm like, put them on an electronic bike like they did on Gilligan's Island and let <laughs> them go. generate the energy. <laughs> I don't go. understand why they're sitting around doing nothing. Create something. No. You're was, lucky uh, if they were doing nothing. They, they were I, doing I, nothing. I, when when <laughs> I took I my see. tour of, uh, of Alcatraz, they came to the, uh, to the, you know, the, the dungeon security cells or whatever, and they said, if anybody would like to get in this for a couple of minutes, we'll close the door and tell you what, you know, so you can see what it's like. I said, yeah, I'll do it. Holy crap, was that scary. Completely <laughs> pitch dark. You lay on a metal floor. You know, it, that was bad. I, you I don't want to do anything bad. You afraid they were going to forget? Forget about you. That would have been my fear. Like, don't forget about me. Oh my god. Yeah. And don't when the guy said, away. "Here, let me hold your phone," I said, "Oh, wait a minute." <laughs> my suggestion. My suggestion with Alcatraz is that there's about 550 cells there. That's enough for the president, vice president, Supreme Court, Senate, and House of Representatives to be housed. You and they, won't have to worry about security because it's like really, really hard to swim. Uh, uh, they'll want to get done with their business and go home very quickly. And here's the beauty of it. You can't pass any bills that can't be slipped under the door. <laughs> no more 700 page bills right exactly <laughs> and, and right. some I'm... of them some of them will get to stay there forever you know? <laughs> yes <laughs> they can have their leader in chief there with them as far as i'm concerned there's actually a college uh, uh illinois college not far from me called a governor's state university yeah it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a college yeah oh right. I, I always thought it was a prison <laughs> my son's a governor's state where's your kid <laughs> and I, i've been wanting to take a tour of uh of uh joliet prison which was used in the blues brothers and has been closed mm. for quite some time and i just haven't gotten around to it but next uh, next summer i want to do that they give uh, tours periodically of that prison and it's I'm, in I'm, Illinois, I'm fascinated right? by prisons but they scare the hell out of me well, they actually, I think, I think that one, they actually, uh, every, every fall, turn it into a haunted prison. Right, and, right, uh, Yeah, right. you can, yep. And that's a, that's a redundancy right there. <laughs> 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 but we're all, uh, you know, we're all stuck in bad weather. I think, uh, what did they say, uh, 36, 40 states are under severe weather warnings. And uh, it, can, times like this, you start to think about all kinds of, of different things. And uh, so what we thought about is what's happening to our money? You know, the stock market's going uh, cattywampus up and down and sideways, and uh, the banks are paying uh, minus 3% interest. And, uh, you know, we as baby boomers, we want to make sure we don't run out of cash in our lifetime. We want to be sure of that. So what we did is we found ourselves a very special guest who is going to, uh, who is going to help us get through these tumultuous times as baby boomers and learn how to invest our money safely. Joel Block is a futurist and longtime venture capitalist who lives in a Shark Tank world just like on TV. Since selling his publishing company to a Fortune 500, Joel's cage-rattling keynotes expose Wall Street insights and the inside track on high-velocity innovation, empowering business executives and their teams to disrupt their competitors' future. Okay, that sounds good, Joel. How are you going to help us, baby boomers? That's a mouthful. I should I should remember that the older we get, the harder it is to uh, 
produce a whole paragraph at one time. I'll have to shorten that up a little bit. <laughs> and when I think about disrupting our competitors' future, I think about, you know, giving them some old tuna fish. That would disrupt everybody's future. <laughs> I would, <laughs> I would, <laughs> let me tell you something. Just the thought of it makes me have to get up and go to the bathroom. See, <laughs> I disrupted you already. I did my job. That's oh, God, that's awful. Gee. So, Joe, we're baby boomers. We're you know, 50, 60, 70 years old. And uh, some of us are retired. Some of us are trying to retire. Some of us may never retire. Some of us and don't want to retire, but have it enforced on us. And uh, and we've got some money, but you know we don't want to run out of money. That's for sure. What uh, what should we uh, logically and and, and uh, uh, wisely being uh, doing with our money? Well, keep in mind. Listen, I'm not a financial advisor, so I, I'm not a stockbroker. I, I don't tell people what to do with their money. I'm a professional investor. That means that uh, I uh, buy real estate. Uh, people give me their money, uh, not as a broker, but they give it to me and put it in a bank account. And then I go out and I buy things with it. So I'm a professional investor. I buy companies, I buy real estate, whatever the thing is. So uh, that's, that's a little bit of a different thing. How do you do that? Because Carolyn would love to have people give her money that she can go out and spend it. I would be so good at your job. You Fashion know, futures. I mean, Carolyn, imagine this. My job, if I really was to break it down, I'm on a full-time shopping spree. It's like all, it's like, it's it, it's like, that's it. That's what I do. You know, imagine that. Wow. Do you have a frequent uh, buyer points or anything? Oh, yeah. Get? I get, we're getting points. We got the whole thing. You know, it's, uh, you know, in fact, uh, tell you what, I'm going to send you some. Oh, I appreciate that. I love to have points because, you know, I, I, I use them all the time. Um, anyhow, what the... What should we do? What's a, what's a wise thing to do with well, our Well, let's lives? put it like this. So, you know, I, I advise companies. I advise businesses uh, typically on things they should be doing. We look at trends, having been in the venture capital world and inventing things, creating new companies. Uh, we advise companies on the kinds of things that they should be doing uh, looking forward in time. Uh, you know, a lot of what companies are worried about is a lot of their... Uh, a lot of their old fogies are starting to retire. A lot of these, uh, you know, those of us that are old are starting to kind of move to uh, greener pastures and younger people are coming in and, and taking leadership. And younger people think in a different way than we think. They just think different uh, in a lot of different ways, good and bad, by the way, not all, uh, not all one or the other. But, you know, so we, we wrote a trend report uh, that talks about some of these trends. And so a lot of these trends really have a lot to do with thinking in a different way. So, uh, you know, it's one of the things... Uh, that's not easy to do because you learn to do something over uh, your whole lifetime of 50, 60, 70 years. And uh, the hardest part about learning something new is unlearning the old way that you used to do it. That's really the hard part. So can you give me the top three trends of what is happening in the world that we should be thinking about when we think yeah. about our money? Because yeah, you have well, the 21 trend report and it's fantastic, yeah, Joel. Yeah. It's, 20, it's 29 and oh, actually, 29. Uh, uh, you know, and, and it's it's really good, but let's pick three things, you know. And if I was to pick my three favorite ones, uh, the first thing I would tell you, and this is going to explain a lot of kind of things that happen in the world, um, I'm telling companies, all companies of all sizes, that they need to move to subscription revenue. And, you know, and so a lot of people are sitting thinking, this is not a business show, but a lot of people are sitting thinking, yeah, you know, I've been noticing 10 years ago, I didn't have any charges on my credit card. Now, I've got uh, you know uh, 20 of them or 30 of them or 50 of them that show up every single month. And companies' goals is to get you to give them $20 a month forever. 
It's it's the new business model. It's the way companies are operating. And I'll tell you where this came from, where it started. The, the first one that I really remember, the one that the really successful one uh, was Microsoft. You know, some of us that are uh, this this uh, these older folks here, we remember the days when Microsoft was in the business of selling software, but they're not in that business anymore. They're out of that business. What business are they in now? They're in the business of renting software. So they don't sell it to us anymore. We used to go to Staples or Office Depot or someplace. Sure. And for three, $400, we'd buy some software uh, and it would last us for five or eight or 10 years. And then we'd, I don't know, go get some new software. Now they say, no, listen, that, that's not what we're gonna do. We're just gonna give you Office 365. It's a hundred bucks a year for the rest of your life. And you can use our software as much as you want. You're gonna always have the most up-to-date version, blah, blah, blah. Well, when they first introduced this concept in 2011, it was a totally foreign concept. Uh, the, uh, the market really didn't get it and they didn't like it. But Wall Street said to them, listen, if you'll do this, if you'll stop doing this transactional stuff and get us into a more predictable revenue stream, we'll give you a higher multiple, we'll give you a higher valuation, it'll be good. You'll really, it'll really work out for you. So Microsoft worked hard on this and around 2013, 14, we kind of start getting to the point where people are catching on and all of a sudden sales start going up and up and up and up to the point where they don't sell any software anymore. Now they just rent it. And what Wall Street did from about 2016 or so, uh, when this really all started really catching on and really taking off, uh, their stock price uh, compared to the whole market, the whole market since about 16 is up, what, maybe 50%, 40%. Their stock price is up four, five, six hundred percent. And I'll tell you, it's not a coincidence uh, that that's the case. So uh, when I counsel companies, I tell all of them, focus on subscription type revenue, recurring revenue. And for people who are not in business, uh, when you look at your credit card and you see Hulu and you see Netflix and you see Amazon, I mean, Amazon is a subscription business. I mean, one of the earliest ones, a great one is Costco. Costco had their membership model where they'd give you a membership. So on January 1st, when they opened the doors on the first day of the year, they've already got hundreds of millions of dollars of revenue. All profit, no, no, just all profit revenue. And then people come into their stores and they buy stuff. But that revenue for them is guaranteed. Uh, people who are in the insurance business, they understood this for years. I mean, they've really kind of understood it because their business works the same way. So as people see this on their credit card, that's why, and it's going to get worse and worse and worse because Wall Street loves it. Companies love it. Uh, at the end of the day, when Microsoft used to sell us the stuff for $300 for software, now they get that every single year for the rest of our lives. Or, I don't know. It's, uh, they're getting way more money than they were before. So we need to turn this into a subscription model. Like people send us food stamps and we let them listen to us. That's, you know, <laughs> that, that would be a great idea. You know, Now, I've already eaten my lifetime supply of food stamps. So I, <laughs> you know, first of all, Dale, why are you laughing? That the first question is, why are you laughing? What's so funny about that? A lifetime you know? supply of food stamps. I didn't know there was a limit on them. Well, <laughs> all, all I can tell you is I've eaten my lifetime supply of the food that you buy with the food stamps. That's, that's what I'm trying to tell you. you know? So. So yeah, so we need to charge for this podcast on a recurring basis, and uh, and that'll that'll be a start. So we get, you know, there's only like eight, ten people out there who would pay. So uh, you know, three of them are my relatives. You know, the other yeah. way, you know, you could do it. You know, the old way, you probably could just sell it by the pound. So you know, the, wow. The, and with me on the team, we're worth a lot. I'm not, I'm not talking about that kind of poundage. I'm just talking about the advice. You're putting out advice. You sell the advice by the pound. 
and uh, you know, in my case, it'd be tonnage. And but you know, <laughs> your guys, it's it's poundage. So you know, we just put it out there like that. Yeah. Okay, trend number two, Joel. Um, you know, and the next one I would tell people is that um, let's talk about the uh, the work from home phenomenon. This is something everybody can understand because it's brand new. It just happened. Uh, everybody's uh, you know kind of dealing with this. People that are still working, uh, you know, people are working at home now. As the pandemic winds down, and hopefully we're going to be winding down here pretty quick, but as that happens, uh, companies are going to either want people to come back to work or maybe they won't. But people really are liking working at home. Now, younger people, these millennial people, these younger people, uh, they want to go to work because that's where they make their friends, uh, maybe meet their spouses. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they go in the broom closet. I don't know what they do, but, but they're doing different things uh, at work, and, and that's the way it works. But older people, these old fogies like us, and maybe they have children, maybe they have grandchildren, maybe they got elderly parents they got to take care of, you know, whatever the thing is, they got things that are going on in their world, and they like working at home because they can be more efficient, get a lot done. And the impact on this is very dramatic. And if you want to start to predict how the world is going to look and how your place in the world is going to be, just think about this for a few minutes. So... Uh, less people going downtown. Let's say that 50% of the people decide they want to go back to work. 50% say they want to stay home. That's half as many people on the freeways, which is which is great. But that's also half as many people buying gasoline, uh, which is not good for oil companies. So as a professional investor, I'm not buying gasoline stocks. Hmm. You see how, kind of how I think about that? Right. That's, yeah, that's yeah, just yeah. me. Or okay. auto, auto but, stocks. Well, uh, in general, auto stocks are... Uh, Unless they're moving to electric, which GM recently announced, and, and that's uh, not going to be easy for them to do. But unless they're willing to do that, you know, I don't think they're a good bet. So that's kind of how I think about a lot of this stuff. So the next thing, let's say, for example, is office buildings. I mean, companies are, are not going to need 20 or 50-story office buildings. Maybe they're going to need much less. I can imagine some of these CEOs uh, in New York City uh, releasing, uh, if they have 50 floors, releasing 46 floors and say, look, we're going to move our, our, our workforce to New Jersey, which is kind of a bummer for the workforce. But, but you know, <laughs> the, but they're going to be working in New Jersey from now on. And, and they're going to keep four floors for their executives, their best salespeople, the people that need to be in the city doing whatever they do in the city. And now they've got 46 floors of empty space. Who's going to be riding the subway? Who's going to be eating the hot dogs at the vendors? Who would eat them in the first place? But, but now, uh, now we really have a, a problem. That, you know, there's nobody going to be, you know, there's just going to be a lot less people in the city. Uh, and this applies to all cities. I've then, got a solution. You know, I've got a solution. Oh, let's have it. Let's if hear you, what it is. If, if I've been you've got a one. half a dozen empty floors in your office building, turn them into condos for the people that work for you. They'll never be late to work. They're always handy. It's 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 like a Pullman community. You live yeah, there. Yeah, you know, the, 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 the half of your idea is really, really good. The half that isn't working, here's what it is is I think that a lot of that is going to be converted into high-end residential. The people that work for you probably don't make enough money to buy those apartments because those apartments are going to be incredibly valuable. And What that, if you let them live there? What if you rented to them and rented to them for half of what the rent in the city would be? You take that as part of their salary. It's kind of, this is kind of genius, right? Take it. I, I think ultimately they're just better off to send the people to New Jersey. Period. Yeah, not for the people. All right, Joel. So, so I, I got that the Peloton thing was going to be big, right? The exercising from home, because you know I work out every day. So I knew back in 
April, May of last year, that Peloton was going to be big. What's the next thing that's coming? What's a company that's doing something now that's going to make a difference in 12 months? Because I just saw that one. What's the next one? Mm. Boy, that's a good question. I, I look at, God, I look at so many different kinds of companies. Um, I, I'll tell you, um, I don't know what's coming in 12 months, but I will tell you this because you know, I keep the 12 month ones to myself, just by the way, just we could talk off. Maybe we talk offline. We don't want to put it out for the general public. But yes, I, I yeah. will tell you. It's a podcast. But it's, but it's a popular one. And so a lot of people are going to hear what this is about. And I want everybody hearing our ideas, but I will tell you the thing that I'm uh, very much looking forward to. I'm looking forward to uh, automated, these autonomous cars. Uh, I would love to have a car drive up to my house, pick me up, drive me where I want to go and drop me off and then come back and get me when I'm done doing whatever I'm doing at the place where I am. I would really, personally, I would really like it. You and plug not the thing have in. It's called Uber. They somebody? already have yeah, that out. Called, yeah. That's right. Uber well, picks you up, takes you where you want to go. Well, they have Uber, you know, but they don't have autonomous. So I would literally give up my car and, and I can imagine here's how this is going to work. It's go back to the subscription thing. It'll be a subscription. Let's say you pay 500 bucks a month and it'll uh, it'll come and get you. It'll plug right into your calendar. So if I'm going to be going somewhere for lunch in the neighborhood, uh, it'll know in 15 minutes ahead of time, it'll show up at my house. It'll pick me up. It'll know that I'm going to be done because it's all looking at my calendar. And, you know, this is the kind of thing that I'm looking forward to. And if you're you know? late, it doesn't it doesn't complain to you. It doesn't bitch at you. That would be well, amazing. <laughs> so let, now let's think about what the implications of this are. OK, so. Uh, how many traffic tickets are city governments going to be writing to these autonomous cars? You know, and by the way, they're not going to be writing that many when half the people are driving either. So all of these things have enormous impact on governments, on the way that we operate, the way we think, and, and just everything is different. How many people are going to be getting traffic tickets? I mean, they're just these autonomous vehicles don't need to park anywhere. So our ability to build communities and have less parking structures is going to be uh, excellent. We're going to have less problems with that. Just the, the world's going to be so, different. The world is changing fast, and I can I can really see a cool new world uh, that we're going to enjoy a lot more than we like it now. So these cars are just going to be wandering around? No, I don't think they're going to wander around. But I think what will happen is that uh, I'm not going to have my own autonomous car, but I think there'll be service. I may want to buy my own car. But they'll, they'll be, be a service. They'll be on the corner like those scooters that you see in every city with the little green <laughs> yeah. light and they're littered all over exactly. the sidewalks of the city. They'll I be think you're exactly right. They'll be, they'll be lined up and they'll just uh, when they when they get a when the bell goes off, they'll come and get you. Or or you know, ten of us are going to share one, or somehow or another, they're going to figure it out. They're going to optimize because these are all computer generated things, and they're going to figure out how to make it happen. Let's combine Tinder and Uber. We call it Tuber. <laughs> <laughs> and you only get a ride with somebody who's you know, a perfect match for you. There you go. That's a, and, and they they put the person in the car, and and it's a surprise. So you, know, you get in the car, and, and the person in there, it's a surprise. And That's then it. yeah, then you you have to stay in there until it unlocks the car. Oh, <laughs> that's that's only if you're bad. If you're bad, they force you to stay in there. They, they... But what if you want to like go to the drive-in or something? Does the car just drop you off there, or will it allow you to stay sitting in there for? Well, the... I, I guess it's all part of whatever subscription plan you subscribe to. Ah, okay, okay. 
Well, if, if, it, if it was going to go to a drive-in, Dale, it would have to be able to travel back in time. <laughs> There's eight oh, of them left in the country. I love it. You know, believe it or not, the, uh, the pandemic has revived the uh, the whole drive-in phenomenon. It's kind of come back because that's the only way people can see movies. Social distancing. Yeah, there's one right down the street from me. One of the movie yeah. theaters down the street from me put up this giant screen outside and blocked off the parking lot in these giant, like, 10-foot squares. And they've been doing they've been doing drive-in movies. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, it's, it's real. So, you know, joking aside, and I know you guys like to fool around, it's a real thing. Wow. Well, it's, that's another thing. How are you going to fool around in a car like that that knows who you are and where you live and, uh, you know... It's dangerous. That's all I think. Well, you know, Dale, don't be doing what you're not supposed to be doing. That's all. Okay. I'm a fan. So when I saw before COVID and I saw it for the first time, I think it was like I was in somewhere traveling, working in 2019. And they had these nap pods in the middle of a mall where it was literally you could put your credit card in, go in, take a nap in the middle of a mall. Now, I don't know how sanitary those are and why you would go in alone, but it, it was a very <laughs> cool thing and it actually existed. Yeah. They have uh, those in like the Japanese airports and stuff. You know, the, the, the world is an exciting place. Lots of cool stuff. <laughs> Lots of cool stuff. So what's our third tip then? So far we've you know, got the third, the third, uh, the third really big one that I think everybody will appreciate is uh, what I call the social media time bomb. And it is uh, ready to blow, set to some random time, and we don't know when it is. And here's what this is about. Uh, companies, and I'm really talking more about companies. I mean, social media is known to be psychologically damaging for people. But that's not what this is about. This is really about companies and businesses, how they use the internet, how they use social media. And these social media companies have really outsmarted even the smartest marketers in, in all of our society. These people are so smart in Silicon Valley, what they've figured out, uh, most of us don't really realize what's going on. We just kind of fall prey to it. And what, what happens for companies, I mean, if I asked you, Dale, and uh, you know, I, I think you're a highly intelligent person, highly respected member of the business community, and if I asked you, uh, would you build a mansion on rented real estate? Would you do that? If I was in Hawaii, I think that's the only option. But no, well, that's, I would that not would be that. a long-term lease. You could get a 99-year lease. But what if I said it's a month-to-month -month lease? Would you build a mansion, uh, the $10 million mansion, on a month-to-month -month lease real estate? I don't think so. That I don't think that so. That wouldn't be very wise because I don't that's have $10 million. But, but listen to this. That's exactly what companies are doing on Facebook and on LinkedIn and wherever other place they go. Is they don't own the real estate. They're building these enormous communities of followers. And at any moment, Mark Zuckerberg could shut it off, could limit your account, could change your uh, your your situation, whatever whatever they want, because these are private companies. If they don't like your posture, if they don't like your humor, if they don't like something about you, uh, they have the right uh, unilaterally to turn you off and do whatever. And you don't know who your followers are. You don't know who's listening to your show. You don't know anything. And so, you know, really the the trend is. The companies need to learn how to use social media better. They need to learn how to pull their followers off and, and really control their own people in their own ecosystem, not relying on people uh, to, um, to listen to them, find them, or engage with them in a social media environment. Very dangerous for businesses. See, we're all baby boomers, and uh, you know, 
the baby boomers that have retired right now are thinking, I'm glad I retired because according to this, my job's going to be gone in two years. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, the world is changing fast. And I think that is one of the takeaways that uh, it's not that all jobs are going to take are going to go away. But I will tell you, people who want to stay in the workforce need to be ready to adapt. And if uh, baby boomers don't want to adapt, then they really are better off to retire because the world is changing fast. And, you know, this pandemic, the world changed 25, 30 years almost overnight, literally almost overnight. I mean, it changed that fast. Things that normally would take a long time, uh, just they just got snapped, broken, and, and ready to, uh, to do it in a different way. So we're all basically on a highway to hell, and uh, it's just how fast <laughs> you want to drive. But there's not that many cars in the way but anymore. Keep in mind, so but you're going to be driving in an autonomous vehicle. So, <laughs> you know, oh, with, with, right. with somebody with somebody inside that you don't know, and, and with the door locked, and you can't get out, so you're going there together. And Oh, what do you guys, uh, Tim or uh, Carolyn, have any other questions for Joel? He's given us some good, good ideas here. And then, like I said, you know, baby boomers may be saying, whew, I got out at the right time because things are changing that fast. You know, there's, it's not a, uh, it's not a big call for cobblers anymore. I, you know? I, I will, I will tell you something. Here's some more, uh, you know, potentially uh, difficult uh, news to hear. And that is it will continue to change even faster because in the past decisions were made by people. As more and more decisions are made by computers, which process data and information faster and faster and faster, uh, these algorithms, uh, change is happening faster and faster because it's being controlled uh, digitally instead of by human beings. So, If only we could get some intelligence into the Senate and the Congress, we'd be in really good shape. Yeah, well, there, there isn't too much. We need some more for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can infuse it with a little perfume that, like the intelligence spray, just spray it in there, you know? Yeah, fang so fang. Gallagher's old, Gallagher's old joke. He said, on TV, there's so much stupid stuff. There's a button for brightness, but it don't work. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Tim, any so, last what, so what else you guys want to talk about? What else can I tell you? I mean, uh, you want me to predict anything for you, figure out anything for you? What would you like me to do? Please do lottery numbers. Lottery numbers, yeah. <laughs> that would, uh, you know. All right, let me let me concentrate here for a moment. Somehow, Dale, your numbers are just coming up blank. They're just they're just all blank. I don't I don't know what that means, but uh, Carolyn, I, I see, see all six of them, but yours, Dale, they're all blank. <laughs> Thanks, Joel. Are you saying I'm a six? I'm so I'm so hurt. I'm, say, I'm saying you're a ten. <laughs> oh, if, and if the scale went higher, you'd be. Higher than that. Oh, wow. I love when our guests kiss up to me. It makes me so Come on, happy. you know I'm a big right. fan, right? <laughs> yeah, you know that. Yeah. We're big fans of her, too, but we don't suck up like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, then maybe you're not as big a fan as I am. Aww, I love you guys. All right, Joel. So how can people get in touch with you? Because your information is really, this is stuff that's priceless. Yeah. Right, get you it. You know, if they, if they want to read the report, uh, they yeah. can get the report. Take out your a phone. This is a mobile phone. This is a phone, the device you'd be carrying in your pocket most of the time. You would take it out of your thing. You'd open the texting app. That's the app that your kids send messages to you back and forth. Okay. And then you, uh, in the two box, you know, where you put the number, you type the number 72,000, set that's 72 with three zeros after it. I'm being explanatory because a lot of baby boomers, you know, a lot of us are slow. Right. And, well, and exactly. in the message area, you just put the word trend and the system will send it to you automatically. This is a computer that's doing this. I'm not actually behind the system actually sending these. So when the numbers come in, uh, the computer's doing it for you. 
So text the word trend to 72,000 and we'll shoot it right out. Otherwise, uh, just go to my website, uh, joelblock.com, and there's some info about, uh, about what we do. That's great. Can we answer any questions for you? Because we you know, make a lot of answers. You know, Dale, uh, you've been around a while. Uh, you've dealt with a lot of baby boomers. What are the main things that these baby boomers are mostly concerned about? A good bowel movement. <laughs> <laughs> and not well, drinking a lot of water before they go to sleep. <laughs> that's a good point. What other, what other kind of uh, advice do you have for some of these old uh, crotchety folks here? You know, just you, you've made it this far, and and uh, you know you gotta you gotta adapt or die, and you know it's your choice. But uh, you know we we're we're just trying to figure out, I guess, basically how how to adapt to this brand new you know twenty first century world that we didn't really see coming. You know what the problem with this adapt thing is? It's it's not that fun. No, <laughs> no, it's Change not it. really that fun. You know, for most people, it's not too fun. I got one. If you have kids, be nice to them because they're going to be making decisions about where to put you later. So be nice to your children. <laughs> that's, that's true. You know, you you control their uh, their history. They control your future. Yes. <laughs> and they're going to get all your money. How about that? And they're going to burn it up. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Joe, this has been wonderful. We really appreciate you coming on here and giving our listeners some real information as opposed to the, the drivel and, uh, you know, the bombastic uh, comments that we normally spill out there. So we, uh, we, appreciate, uh, we appreciate you and your knowledge, and hopefully we uh, will all make it through. We will absolutely all make it through, no doubt about it. Thanks, Joel. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Bye. We'd like to thank Joel Block for joining us and telling us how we can take the money we have not only to keep it safe, but to grow it and make it even bigger. So thanks for that, Joel. And if you don't mind, if if you, if you could send us all a little bit of money, just a starter kit, you know. So. <laughs> oh, my gosh, a money starter kit. A That's money starter genius. kit. Yeah, I promise I'll invest it in something that'll pay back. But uh, we'd like to thank him. I hope that you folks got some valuable information today because in addition to the comedy, we like to give you some good ideas. And uh, that being said, uh, any, uh, any last words other than other than visit our website anotherdayaboveground.com let us know if you'd like to be on the show we're always looking for interesting guests and if you've got something to share we'd like to uh, provide you the opportunity to share it other than that it's anotherdayaboveground.com did i mention that other than that carolyn any uh, final words no, I just want my crystal ball to work. I want to see what the trends are for the next year. So when I do invest, I know I'm not going to lose it because goodness knows what's actually going to happen. I want my crystal balls to thaw out because it's that freaking cold here. <laughs> and this is the joy of being female. I don't have to worry about my crystal balls. I've got one and it tells the future. And that's it. And Tim, what do you uh, what do you want to leave the folks with this week? Hey, if you're anywhere near Bolingbrook, Illinois, uh, check me out the week uh, uh, March 12th and 13th. I'll be at uh, CG's Comedy there in Bolingbrook. Fantastic! And we'd like to I'd like to invite you to visit DaleIrvin.com, where you can sign up for the Friday Funnies. Every Friday, I will give you both a written and a video recap of the really weird stories in the news. That being said, go out and make some money, save some money, and just be happy because today is another day above ground. And that's it for another day above ground. 
For Dale, Tim, and Carolyn, I'm Farad Muhammad. Thanks for listening.